How's that? There we go. Is that that's just me, isn't it? Up yeah. all the way in there. No, that isn't me. How about now? That's no la 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 la. There we go. Got it. Thank you. I th- I'm convinced I'm going mutt. I was uh, I was tr- uh, practicing a mindfulness technique while I was on the shit earlier, and I was thinking about something that was making me anxious. So I sort of closed my eyes and focused on the sounds I could hear around. I realised the bird song outside was really muffled by almost certainly give himself tinnitus. The birdie song. Yeah, that's right. I was listening to the birdie song. The birdie song. Hang on, hang on. I'm trying to get a level. Don't say anything. Hang on, hang on. Uh, uh, that sounds about right. I sound. Way I too sound fucking loud. Am I? Yeah. Was I really loud? No, in your just ear? all the time. I mean, it's... oh, just in general. Should we do a quick two grown men? Yeah, got him. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not going to name her, but there's this lady who we work with, she's a lecturer, and she is really, she really gets confused. Is she called Mick? No, she gets herself very worked up. Um, She's a a lady who is, she's not English, her English is very good, but she's not English. And she really, like, when you do something to help Mm. her, which is my job, she really, like, cuddles and mm. gets in your space she's a tiny little lady she really gets and it's peculiar I, and she does it to everyone so I, it clearly I, isn't my animal magnetism i can't handle a cuddle and the reason i don't like a cuddle is from my youth um mm. when i used to get erections really easily yeah and i always used to get worried that if someone hugs me what if i like it too much and i get an erection i worry that's why i try not to talk to anyone mm. i mean now it's not an issue but i still have but I, i'm settled the name mick uh makes me think uh, back to my dim off distant youth, where I formed a great respect for people who perform on the social, um, sorry, on the working men club, working circuits. men's club circuits. I remember very well my dad. Um, uh, really, uh, much of this is uh, for my therapist, uh-huh. but um, uh, my my dad used to spend an inordinate amount of time around our our local working men's club, where he was the treasurer, which provided him the perfect excuse to always be there. Yeah. Um, but I remember the, the occasions I went, I went. Well, I couldn't stand it, but the occasions I went around there and they had live music on, my dad and a huge man called Mick used to sit at the end of the bar and pretty much for the entirety of every set of every performance, in, in fact, more so the better they were, he'd sit there grumbling that they're fucking miming. Oh. They're, Look at them, they're fucking... Look, they've got a fucking tape player up there. He's not doing that. They haven't even got a drummer. What the fuck? It's like poor bastards are trying to put... There is an element of backing when there's only one or two of you. There often were in these bands because they're kind of like the dregs of musicians who can't join proper bands. Yeah. So they can't quite get the full thing together. What did they want? Rod Rod fucking Stewart? Is that who he thought he was entitled to? Probably Rod Rod Hull. Fucking entitled working man fan, music fans. Yeah, it's dreadful. So, you know, more power to you if you're a member of a working man's club uh, band. I I take back the bit about you not being able to get a proper band together, because you probably really can. Yeah. Try putting up an advert uh, in uh, a university with little tear-off strips. Yeah, that always works. I've always wanted to have something that I could Mm. uh, uh, do that would require Mm. one of those, but I can't think of anything. Like, because I could could tell people about my... uh, 
our I can tell people about our podcasts. Oh, oh dear. A, now that that was, I, I think, a Freudian sort of slip, wasn't it, really? I could tell people Fuck about my podcasting exploits, know. but that just seems weird. I mean, what, you get a, you get an A4 strip, that's literally 10 people. If you if you are super successful mm. at advertising your thing mm. with one of those tear-off strip things, that's 10 people you've reached. You put up more than one, don't you, you jerkwad? You put up maybe three. Or four. Four, I mean, so that's, 40 that's up, people. That's up to 40 people. Right? I mean, and when we're talking about like audiences to get a message, to be fair, they're reaching more people than we are. No, that is actually true. Mm-hmm. That is actually true. Yeah. Um, I, we, we, when we were talking about uh, 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 the lady, the cuddly lady yeah. who cuddles, I said uh, uh, I talked about my animal magnetism, and mm. that immediately made me think, what sort of a, a stupid mutant power would that be? You'd be covered in Velcro, wouldn't you? It'd, that, it'd, that'd be the best sort, because their fur would stitch you. Literally, the power of magnetism, but only over animals. Mm. I can't, I mean, I can't think of a skittle. We're not improvisers. This isn't one of those podcasts. Well, no, that's um, uh, like uh, Francis of Assisi that was all about the animals. In my bedroom as a child, above my bed, um, there was a picture that terrified me. Uh-huh. And genuinely put the fear of God into me, because um, it was a picture of Jesus surrounded by, and he was sat, he was sat down with his 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 arms sort of by his side, but his palms facing upwards in that kind of like look here, at, look at me, I'm the big I am. Get get some birdseed out of these. Yeah, and there were all sorts of different animals surrounding him. It used to really creep me out. I replaced it with uh, an Iron Maiden Somewhere in Time poster. Oh, nice. Yeah. The perfect replacement, really. Oh, it's an awesome poster. I like the Somewhere. That and Power Slave, I thought were awesome. So, Francis CC. Front of CC. Of CC. Yeah. It's weird that his surname was the same as the place he was from. Yeah, but they hadn't developed sophisticated surnames at that point, had Francis CC of CC Was everyone yeah. from that place just called and, Assisi? And, and to be fair, before um, 0 AD, no one had a Christian name either. No, that's true, because they weren't Christians. Oh, yeah. Um, so Francis of Assisi, yeah. uh, 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 Jesus Christ. Topical, because uh, it's Good Friday tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, it's Good Friday tomorrow, which uh, it's not good, is it? It's not good because he got killed. Yeah. Superman, Snow White and Mary Poppins all have this power of animal magnetism. True. But none um, of them are using it to to create a giant exoskeleton made of little animals I, t- I tell you who could have done it Johnny Morris because not only did the animals oh. love him he could have pretended they were all speaking as well to freak you out he's dead isn't he oh very it's a shame yeah maybe Chris Packham could he's like his spiritual successor it's Easter Sunday on Sunday maybe we can reanimate Johnny Morris that's how it works isn't it we're both doing the voice it's like our version of I've noticed it so we talk, I've talked about it before it's like yeah. our version of uh, Smith and Jones really I'm not leaving the mic live, are you? Oh, I'm not going to talk into it. Why not? Did he fart on the way out? Or was that you? Did you fart? Someone farted. I'm going to look at Twitter. Oh, someone buzz. <clears throat> so anyway, how are you? You okay? Good? Been anywhere good recently? 
Oh, I see. You're not talking, eh? Fair enough. Ignorant bastard. Oh, so uh, William Shatner's been... Um, he's talking. Uh, stuff, stuff about fucking Adam Johnson. Uh, so, oh, nothing to do with Southampton FC. Not in action this weekend. There are still plenty of reasons to visit Southampton. Let's see what the reason to visit Southampton is. They've offered a YouTube. Oh, visit Southampton. So we're looking at a montage of things that happen in Southampton. Um, Once I started looking, I just found so much going on in Southampton. So there's this really... That's not true. <laughs> Most people think of Southampton as a, as a modern city. As a shithole. They don't realise it has a history. Oh, God, she's Boston. stroking a wall. <laughs> we very much encourage people to stay in Southampton. This is uh, Nigel Philpott. And we're looking at, we're looking at people on boats. I've lived here for ten years and I've never been on a boat. Sea City Museum is disappointingly small. The weird thing about that chap is he isn't putting on a voice. No. Southampton's got a really vibrant music scene. There's a lot. No, not really. Not really anymore. Actually, let's pause that. It's definitely got a vibrant hipster scene. Yeah. Because I saw someone uh, with a hard-cased uh, ukulele case. A hard-cased well, ukulele case. Uh, whatever. But uh, anyway, here's some... Band and you actually want to band. You can, but there are actually there are a few live venues. I, you know, I really wanted to go and see the Soft Machine last night. They were playing at um, the Talking Heads, but but I ain't got the money. Bowie's not in, touring with them, or is that Tin Machine? I'm thinking it's of Tin Machine, you Wally. Um, tin isn't soft, of ja, course. Jar Wobbles playing next month. If you fancy coming, if you fancy, I tell you, he's playing at a really small venue as well. Fancy coming up for a Jar Wobble gig? I'm right up for that, listener. I love visions of you. Right. That was Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. With Jar Wobble. Okay. That's how it sounds. It goes. See, in my head. He's good at the bass guitar. In my head, I know that I can't do voices, but I think I'm really good at doing musical instruments. Yeah, yeah, you're brilliant at doing you. Can you do an oboe? Oh, I'm not sure which one's the oboe. That's the big, huge one that you could fit a child in. No, that's. You're thinking of the tuba. Oh, I, the I can do the, a tuba. The tuba's like a big, a big, quite girthy um, stick. No, that was an that, elephant. <laughs> I thought it was a whale having a tricky dump. Um, Ooh, click, click, click. So this is going to be quite a chaotic episode, I'm guessing. Fucking hell, really? Right, so, uh, and I think it's probably almost over. <clears throat> We're, we're sneaking this in. We're sliding this in like a bar of soap. All right. Uh, before we record another podcast, James. Are you aware of what's going on? Do you know what's no happening? No idea. There's definitely something I want to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Um, I, Billy Bragg tweeted it yesterday. Oh, yeah. Let me let me just get it. Because it, uh, it's quite staggering, and I really haven't seen it reported. It's like, this feels like it's really big news to me. Oh, gosh. Uh, the thing about uh, uh, what but, Zack Snyder said about, uh, yes. about yeah, uh, Billy- Star Wars. Billy Bragg weighed in on the uh, Zack Snyder. Oh, rest in peace uh, to many people. But Johan Cruyff, footballer, passed away today. Also, which one is of very the tribe sad. called Quest. One of the oh, Fife. Yeah, Fife. 
lots of people with similar names. Yeah, he was, the, he was the five-foot uh, assassin with the roughneck business. So um, <laughs> in the in the New York Daily News, which uh, used to title itself, I had to double-check and see what sort of newspaper it was just in case. Like, was it in, is it the Examiner or something? Yeah, it's like the bullshit, they, yeah. Sunday sport kind of thing. But um, it's a, a, a tabloid, but legit. A legit tabloid. And um, they had a quote from a guy called John uh, Alerkman, or Hellerkman, who um, I believe was a member of the Nixon administration. administration. And they've got a quote from him here that said, we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war on black. <laughs> against black people. Jesus, or... no, hold on. Let me have another go. Take two. Right. <laughs> the war on black. We knew <laughs> I, there are some people in this country I'm pretty sure are on that war, and I think one of them might be one of them might be living with my mum. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Yeah, that's it. He prefers purple. We we knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the black with heroin, and then criminalising both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. And that kind of feels seismic to me, not just because of the the drug issue, which obviously I'm very pro-marijuana, but you've got a guy from an administration not that many years ago effectively saying we we kind of criminalised activities that these people took part in to make you hate them. This is we yeah. We manipulated the public and this is how we did it. That feels... Huge to me because the the American war on drugs had a knock on effect through the west of the rest of the Western world has criminalized and put people um, into jail disproportionate amount of black people mm-hmm. as well into jail. I, I heard an I heard an interesting uh, snippet apparently from the book Free Economics the other day that said the the average cannabis slinger earns less than they would if they worked at McDonald's but carry almost 100% of the risk of the possession of the marijuana. Mm-hmm. This weird world we're living in where where things that are heavily criminalised purely to manipulate how the public feel about groups that enjoy those particular activities is insane. But I can't, I can't believe there was nothing. Not, I couldn't... Not one news outlet... Even, you know, I always think, oh, well, the Guardian, they get hold of it. I couldn't see anything on there either. It only broke a couple of days ago, didn't it? Yeah, a day or two, It might yeah. still, there's other stuff going on in our politics and stuff at the moment. Oh, that's so. right, yeah, because really bad things happen quite quite close to home rather than in Turkey. Yeah. So we... well, or, like, I, I mean, and we've got major resignations, mm. we've had just had a budget, and that's a mm. piece of American history that they'd have to contextualise and... I guess so. It's sort of. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I found. I found it weird that it wasn't. Big. Well, I didn't. I didn't really find it that weird because there mm. are people who've got a vested interest in. Right. So it had far-reaching effects. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just want to get my quip quips mm. in now. Yes. Uh, because I didn't get the chance to do it then. Good. Because uh, we're not that. We're not that good at this. This is going to be a chaotic show. Far-reaching. Uh, far-reaching effect. It uh, had a significant impact on uh, Grange Hill. When we were young, the war yeah, on drugs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, poor Zamo. Yeah. R.I.P. My and, brother. And don't forget, Danny Kendall chased the dragon and got a smack on the nose. Who was Zamo? No, Zamo died. Yeah. Danny Kendall chased the dragon and got a, a smack on the nose. He also died, but I forget how. 
When it Bronson or something. I didn't realise... In his car, he died in Bronson's car. Yeah. I didn't realise... Because Bronson did a really hefty guff and wouldn't open the... I didn't remember that there were dragons in Grange Hill. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, and also, so did you? Do you feel like when you hear about how uh, the government uh, had it had it in on a, in for a group of mm. people, so decided to use cannabis as the way of persecuting and them. heroin? Yeah, but but specifically uh, one group, uh, mm-hmm. cannabis. Did you feel like did did that resonate with you? Because you get a bit paranoid sometimes about the police. Oh yeah, I think every cannabis smoker at one point in their life has been quite paranoid about the police i get paranoid when i see a police person just because i'm worried that i might have stolen something by accident <laughs> well that, that's just that's just sort of common common old garden um, yeah paranoia it's just fear of authority really but also i think it, it lends credence to that there are things i've always been sort of quite verbose in, in my my opinions with regard to conspiracy theories one of which is that crack cocaine was introduced to the inner cities to basically destroy communities and to divide yes. and to divide communities how much more credence does that story have knowing that someone from the nixon administration has openly admitted something as seismic as that there's a there's a whole catalogue of of things that i found implausible over the years that all of a sudden seem all so real it's like even to the point where would a government really kill thousands of its own citizens to start a war by a zealot that was Oh, is that where you're going with this? Well, no, because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a 2000... I'm not a, I'm not a 9-11 conspiracy nut. Or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a 9-11 conspiracy nut, but it kind of lends credence. There's precedent. Well, you see, the thing that I found interesting about that story isn't that... Um, isn't that that would have been the case, mm. because it it kind of seems pretty obvious that governments and the media, governments and the media and governments use the media to um, attack, like, not to attack, but to undermine mm. anyone who is broadly against them. That's just kind of, like, we accept that. It's yeah. kind of a given now that we accept. Mm. It's uh, only really mind-blowing if you're a sixth former that, that's, that that might be what happens... But when you actually hear a source of any sort or read a source of any sort of credibility at all, mm. and I haven't looked into how much credibility this has, and I wouldn't be able to gauge uh, it anyway. Not nor I. Um, but when you – and the, the thing about it is it confirms a bias because it seems like a really credible source saying mm. this thing that you kind of figured was actually ha- – like, I, th- but, I, think, I think what leads – lends credence to it is it was retweeted by someone i trust to have yeah. checked the sources but we said um i mentioned that part of the reason our news media might not have picked up on mm-hmm. it really is it those various reasons but like uh i found it interesting because i read that the evening of uh i've had a few days off with uh amy and uh the boys and mm. uh, we're just using up annual leave at the end of the that's the thing we have to do here mm-hmm. listener where whichever far-flung country you're listening to us from, uh, that's the thing we have to do here in England sometimes. And um, and having a lovely time, but being quite disconnected from everything that was going on, really. Yeah. And uh, th- so it wasn't until... I don't think I learned that Ian Duncan Smith, um, who I'm really... I'm not as aware of British politics as I should be, but I know he's a weasel. He's a venal asshat. Yeah. Um, but he's resigned mm. uh, for... Ob, like for 
reasons that he stated, but also probably for self-serving political reasons. I'm I'm really convinced he has not resigned for the reasons he stated. Yeah, um, seems but obvious. Then, but then that's bias. But on but on the same day that I read the thing about uh, uh, about Nixon, the Nixon mm. administration. I'd seen a, a headline on one of the papers. It might even have been the Sun or the Mail. It was one of the the conservative-facing papers. Mm-hmm. Um, All of them. Yes. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, which seemed to be quoting Ian Duncan Smith and saying something along the lines of, we know the poor, that we um, attack the poor with cuts because we know they don't vote for us mm-hmm. anyway. And that's another one of those things which... It's not really mind blowing. You don't have to be that yeah. tuned in to realise that's what happens. Uh, that's what's happening. But um, and it's not even just a conservative thing. You don't have to be that tuned in to know that a political party, if it's having to make cuts somewhere, is going to make them where they already don't have voters. That's yeah. just that just mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, yeah. you don't you don't pitch to people who already aren't buying what you're selling. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yes, to have one of the papers. To have one of the the members of our government, who's still a member of our government, say that, mm-hmm. like a prominent guy, and it be on the front cover of a paper, seemed like mind-blowing in, uh, on roughly the same level, because that's happening right now. And, the, and everything that the papers do and everything that the government do uh, with their mouths is try and convince us that isn't what's happening. It feels to me at the moment as though uh, politics is desperately trying to retool itself to cope with an age where people are able to openly discuss things and garner information. And the phenomena of Donald Trump, and less so um, uh, Rob Ford, who uh-huh. the, um, the, the, the well-known Torontoarian Torontoarian, yep, okay, that's good. Um, I'll allow it. Um, died this week. And obviously he, he was famous for being caught smoking crack and... And um, I'm not be, caring. Yeah, and being drunk and just generally a terrible human being, an awful husband, a terrible father, just a really flawed, awful human being. A no-good bum. Um, that appealed to the same sort of constituency that um, uh, Donald Trump does. And I was listening to Greg Proops earlier, and I think he skewered, for me, confirmation bias again, but I think he, he kind of skewered the reason why there's this ground swell of right-wing anger and resentment, is maybe, like, the liberal argument is starting to win in terms of um, acceptance and understanding of what have been minority groups that have been treated very badly, and we're getting to a point where these people feel so trapped in a the corner, they're going for these extremes because they're scared, because their world is dying. It might be that. And I, I think that's very plausible, you know, because many of the arguments you hear these people, oh, I can't say anything now. It's like, well, no, you can't say anything that's fucking horrible. I think I think that might be part of it, but I think part of it is also uh, that uh, white... <laughs> <laughs> Sneezes really sneak up on me these days is that uh, white middle-class liberals are reaching uh, unprecedented levels of insufferableness and it becomes very difficult not to be annoyed by them. I think there's insufferable voices on both sides. Oh, no, 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 no. The right wing is way more insufferable mm. uh, in some ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's not re- it's not generally fringe voices that those... Mm-hmm. It feels like it isn't generally fringe voices that um, 
Trump and his followers are really reacting to because I doubt they can even hear it mm. if a, if a black person or a woman or um, or a, uh, any uh, uh, minority group talks I doubt mm. it even happens in a register where Trump at all would even hear it no I, I was speaking to someone earlier on Twitter I think what's most upsetting about Trump typing to someone on Twitter yeah, but through that typing, we were having a conversation. Yeah, it's like speaking. And I was talking while I was doing it, but I was mainly talking to the voices in my head. The thing that <laughs> frustrates me most about... A, <laughs> Have you seen Anomalisa yet? No. Okay, we can talk about that later. The thing the thing that annoys me most about Trump is, is he's not so stupid that he doesn't know what he's saying is bullshit. He's just he's just pandering, pandering to a really dangerous... And pandering. Group. No, he's pounding a really yeah. Um, the 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 um because you mentioned Trump and like I the, it, you you were following on from uh, the point that the media and the government are trying to work out how mm. to um uh, how to speak to I guess speak to a culture yeah. that can now discuss everything all the time and I actually think they've worked out and it's probably a way that works. And I'm by no means the first person to point this out, I think, uh, in the half-assed way that I'm going to. Brilliant. But um, they've managed to work out exactly the way to do it, which is you throw so much bollocks mm-hmm. at people so constantly that no one has anything to actually fix on. The left feels like it's winning all the time. And every time Jeremy Corbyn responds to something arse-hatty that David mm. Cameron says in a sort of a dignified and respectful way, the internet goes wild as if it's some sort of uh, as if it's some sort of win. But the truth is the only people who ever do the Conservatives any damage are like it's all own goals and mm-hmm. it, that that's in this country that's how it works. And like there's um well, no, I, th- I think I think you and I only hear about what Corbyn's doing because we live inside social media um, echo chambers. If you already don't like him, he seems ineffectual. Yeah, but yeah, because he doesn't really win any of those exchanges. Because he's not he's not winning the narrative, and he's not manipulating the press effectively, and he's not getting column inches because he doesn't generate any sort of excitement. You know, and it's it's just hits like this week. When life should have been super easy for him, you know, all I've read mainstream seems to be a lot about the the not dealing with the anti-Semitic issue with the left, which which they really have. And I've I've met many people who, who on the left who who are really squinty-eyed when it comes to anti-Semitism. And, what do you mean by squinty-eyed? Like. The, <laughs> I, th- I think you know what I mean. <laughs> Given the context I used it in, I think you I think you know what I mean. Um, that th- seem like really well-educated people who who I consider to be very thoughtful still conflate the Israeli state with Jews. It's like being Jewish is not to be the Israeli state, you know. And, and yeah, it's worrying. It worries me that the left doesn't seem to be able to get a a handle on it. The uh, sort of the Galloway lunatic, lunatic fringe. And the budget happened, and of course everyone's talking about IDS instead of the budget. The budget mm. still happened. Yeah, and, and the, so it's and and for all of their you know not taking this particular cut away from people who who are on uh, low incomes with disabilities. The tax break for people who are quite well paid still exists. That still happened. 
they've still rewarded um, uh, their voters um, at a time when, you know, if you sit in the NHS, you can see the wheels falling off. Yeah. If you've got a child at school, you can see the education system in collapse. It's um, it's not even all of their voters yeah. that are being rewarded. But as long as we keep people angry about Europeans yeah. and, and foreigners, then, you know... It's all distraction pieces. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really good episode of Reply All that I think must have gone up last week which is about prediction which is about prediction of um uh how the american election is going and he's talking about the the host is talking about how he um he feels more comfortable with the whole process if he finds someone who's predicting it well but yeah. he hasn't been able to find anyone it's all fallen apart <clears throat> and he's found this one particular one that has fixed it all for him. But it turns out it's this completely fake pundit who says disgusting things, but he's like, has predicted every single stage of every single primary mm-hmm. or every single vote or whatever. And um, it's two guys behind it who are, I think, like political writers or satirical writers. Um, but their basis for uh, their basis for making predictions is entirely about uh, how racist people are in different places not how racist people are as if it's a scale from one to ten um but the particular ways in which people are racist so all of the other pundits will be saying oh ohio will definitely go to trump because uh because ohio is racist the people in ohio are racist whereas these guys say yeah but they're not racist against the two main groups that trump is racist (laughs) so like they accept as a baseline that everybody is racist yeah and then they work out which people those people are going to vote for in the different mm-hmm. areas based on that. And they've been 100% right. And it yeah. might just be like that octopus. They use the example of the octopus who predicted all of the football wins. The racist octopus. The racist octopus. The racist octopus. The racist octopus. But, like, but when they're talking to these guys and saying, well, I mean, that's a little bit offensive, though, the way you're doing it. It seems really icky. They point out, well, yeah, but it's no more icky than the other predictors who say, oh, well, this state is mainly all of the soccer mums are going to vote this particular way because yeah. that all the soccer mums think the same way. It, it, but the reason it's icky is because if you go on the basis that everybody is... The, if you like to have a new queue, mm-hmm. then you assume that everyone is racist because that's the song in there and it's super catchy. But if you... Uh, the, the, the truth is there's that adage that the one thing that white people are most offended by is being called racist... Not by people being racist, but if you tell a white person mm-hmm. they've been racist, that's like the, that's worse than actual mm-hmm. racism to them. And, um, and you know, even whenever anyone accuses me of anything, a anti-liberal or whatever, I feel red-faced, even if I know that I feel like I was in the right about what I said. Or well, you were a little pretty liberal about population control before we came in. What were you talking if, about with the on, squinty eyes? If only, if only the people... If only the people... Listener. Is squinty-eyed racist? I don't know. It depends what you're saying. Uh, in, in so much as like you know, they they sort of they, they go all squinty-eyed and a bit nasty about. Listener, you know how like you 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 crinkle up your eyes when you're being nasty about people is what I mean. Listener, the thing to which James is referring is that immediately prior to us recording, there's racism happening in this room right now. James and only James, we recorded. James this. was James was talking to me about people using crowdfunding to uh, look after their pets. Look, right. <laughs> 
there's this there's this GoFundMe because like there's a cat. GoFundMe. Yeah, there's a there's a uh, that's a you've nicked that off uh, a podcast. Have I? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Was it reply all or distraction pieces or I don't know. Anyway, cereal. Um, so there's this cat who lives in a pub and it's ill and it needs it needs helping. And I agree. And if it goes over 50 miles per hour, the, the bomb inside yeah, it is armed. And that's exactly it. <laughs> and and they're trying to raise money to get Keanu Reeves to come over to the UK and fix it. No, they're, they're, they're trying to raise money um, uh, to fix the cat. And, and it's not the cat's fault it's ill. It's not the cat's fault that it has owners that, A, can't be asked to get the money out of their own fucking back pocket, don't seem to be able to fund... It from the pub that the, the cat lives in, and also it clearly didn't have insurance. So it's like GoFundMe is like the fucking um, uh, careless pet owner uh, fund. Doesn't seem right. It seems a bit weird. Seems a bit wonky. Yeah, but at uh, the end of the day, uh, the thing about this is democratic in, in a very true sense. People will give money um, if they want to, although 100 quid from Nick Frost. Was it the Nick Frost? Don't know. I, see, I'd expect... He's not the head of the BNP, you know that, right? I'd, ex- <laughs> I'd expect... That's you know, Nick Clegg. No, that was... Yeah, absolutely. No, that... Yeah. Um, do you ever feel like you've walked into the wrong podcast? Do, do, you, ever, do you ever feel like you, you, you're fine, you're on a set of rails, and then all of a sudden, uh, like, a, a, a moustache-twirling fucking villain explodes them. In, Is it me? In front... To be fair, out of the two of us, I think I could be the the moustache twirling villain much more easily, in a sort of very real sense. I was just uh, I, I, the only reason I brought all of that stuff about the cat up was because it's James was saying asked. that I was being a liberal about population control, and my point was that I would say people shouldn't have pets unless they can afford it, unless they're homeless. But then I thought that's no, like saying sterilize no. the poor. That's no, what I said. No, and w- but what I heard was you say we should sterilise the poor, and while we're at it, get the blacks out of the country. Is that what you? Heard? That's what I heard you say. Okay, um, I don't think James has listened to last week's episode. Oh fucking hell! With so, the guilt, uh, David, what you don't understand? Stop is, talking to David. Is he knows how guilty I feel when he says this stuff. You don't think he's being passag, but I, I swear. The only reason I uh, the only reason I even mention it is that last week mm. I uh, pointed out to the listener that I'm not even sure what this show is anymore. Well, it's and I podcast. asked them to tell us. Oh, and did they? I don't know, but I think we've given them some stuff to work out. Uh, we normally talk about our kids. My uh, baby son is coming along leaps and bounds. He's uh, got diarrhea today, though. Had to come home from the childminders early. How is? Scarlett? She's good. She starts a gymnastics uh, club in two weeks' time, which is exciting. The first of uh, after-school club that she's joined. She's very excited because she does uh, hilarious gymnastics in front of me. She's just started her two weeks uh, Easter holiday. Excellent. And uh, for the longest time, we've been talking about getting a very special guest on the show yep. uh, to talk to us at length about their baby son. That's not going to happen Let's this week. Let's give him two minutes. <laughs> he, he can literally tell us uh, how, if he's happy with being a dad. Hi, John. Congratulations. Congratulations, Thank John. Thank you. It's literally uh, the first time James has congratulated him since. Actually, it's literally the first time I think I've seen John <laughs> since he's say, had Devin. Yeah. I'm really embarrassed. No, that's all right. It's been like six months and it's quite crazy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not being a dad's great. I love it in the bits where I'm asleep. Yeah. You, <laughs> should, you should follow John and his partner Anna on Facebook for the most adorable. <laughs> Kitty pictures. There was a picture of you and Devin, and I think um, 
uh, Anna had said um, Devin's telling Daddy about his day or something. Yeah, he's the most adorable picture I've ever seen. Is he just babbling? He's um, at the babbling stage. Well, yeah, he's sort of at the babbling stage. What it was, I came home on Monday and basically, like normally, I try and sit him on my lap and he squirms about. And so instead of that, I just put him on the sofa next to me. And he was just kind of sat there, but he just kept grabbing my sleeve and pulling it. And I was sort of looking down, he was looking up. And then Anna just caught a picture, and it does look like he's telling me about his day. And it's it was so one perfect. of those sort of, I saw it, it was just like, oh, I love that. It's, like, it's He's very cute. Yeah. It's worth mentioning that... Is he uh, definitely yours? That, that both of us have questioned this, because we're like, well, really? He's just, like, I know that neither of us are really beaten with the ugly stick, and it's not me being arrogant, but... It's just he's <laughs> so hell, super right. cute. He is very cute. He's it's so wor- cute. How it's much wor- cocaine have you taken before today's show? <laughs> it's worth mentioning that James uh, James said you should follow uh, John and Anna for lots of like stuff. Mm. But Anna's really the more eloquent one. She posted stuff that really impressed us in the last few weeks. Didn't oh yeah, she? yes, so. Anna's a lot more eloquent than I am. Um, me, I'll just ramble at the people about comics. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't sound like you <laughs> at all. Uh, J- uh, John mansplained mansplained at me earlier on. We'll talk about that off mic between the two podcasts. We should. What, what we did should, I mansplain? We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. Is this um, man of steel explaining? Yes, you're uh, not allowed to talk about comic book stuff on this. Stuff. No, this no, is, no, that's not what this show is about. Fathers. This is uh, this is two grown men. It's a show about being dads. Yeah, we could literally this week <laughs> and uh, uh, the mess that the bloody Tories. And tourists yeah. are making of well, our just the ruling bloody elite. whatever. Yep. If you want to support us, uh, if you want to listen to more of our episodes, actually, you can do that at twogrownmen.net. Uh, That's yes. two the number, mm-hmm. grownmen.net. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at 2GMPod or I'm Nick Sight, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. James I'm, I'm James Mom, M-O-M-B, and you can find me also on Facebook as James Gilly. Uh-huh, I'm Nicholas Pepper-Constantino. Oh, there's a Two Grown Men page on Facebook, mm-hmm. too. Uh, there are full show notes. You can subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. If you do enjoy us, please rate and review us there, um, whichever one it may be. Uh, uh, Patreon? C- yes, I was going to get to that. Sorry. No, no, that's you fine. Look like you're fishing uh, for you it. Can, you can support this podcast and the other podcast we do. We have issues uh, by uh, uh, giving a little bit of money each month to us at patreon.com forward slash TOTP if you have any, uh, I think the minimum is $1 which yeah. is about 60p Yeah, so come on so come on. We uh, If we reach uh, $100 a month in the unlikely event we reach $100 a month we'd quite like to pay everyone who has anything to do with our podcast a little bit per episode And Baby Need Shoes And Baby Need Shoes Yeah They're all toddlers now really though But aren't yeah, they? Patreon um, now, not Devin no, but, no, um, no, but now, yeah, the Patreon supports all of the Pep Constantini podcasts um, that many of us contribute to. James, we need to have a meeting about about that. That is, <laughs> it is not appropriate to bring that up on the podcast. <laughs> I think that's us. It's Papa Constantinko. <laughs> say say goodbye, John. <laughs> goodbye, John. <laughs> bye, bye, night, Gracie. <laughs> 